Hi, this is Dean Winyas here, and this is the Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah podcast with Luke Flanagan and Rich Walker. Thanks for downloading and enjoy the show. Welcome to Tigers, Tigers, blah, 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 uh, official end of season award podcast <laughs> episode with uh, me, Luke Flanagan and Rich is here. I'm just laughing because I don't know what would make it unofficial or official. Like, how has it been authorised as the official one? It's what difference our, does it make? It's official <laughs> because it's been authorised by us and <laughs> any other weird 90s sitcoms that we're going to reference um, all done like that. Um, so uh, yeah, we usually get a few in, so we'll probably get some in tonight as well. I dare say so. We shall. Um, a couple of thanks before we start. Obviously, we've got some categories that we'll go through. We're going to talk about who we think has has uh, done well in different categories. So um, we'll talk through those. But very quickly, big shout out to Danny Johnson, Hull City Ladies, um, for our being our sponsors, and then obviously Fan Hub is our partner. So. Check those out. Um, they've actually introduced Rich. You'll you'll be excited for this. Um, more excited than you've been for the other things. You can check into grounds now. So when you actually do go to City away games, it'll count for more on the uh, on the miles distance, like the Sky that app does. I'm so, excited about everything to do with FanHub these days because they sent me free beer. <laughs> so. yeah. It was good, that wasn't it? Are it's you, in, are you enjoying beer. one now? Uh, no, I'm having a whiskey. Ah, uh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, because we're big thanks to uh, everybody who's listened to this, basically, because that got us free beer. Because we got over 100 people signed up for FanHub for City, yeah. um, which has made us, I think, third or fourth in the chart for FanHub, which has been pretty good. And the creators of FanHub sent us 50 quid's worth of beer vouchers from um, BrewDog. So there we go. Thank what, you to what, everybody. What was it we got? Because I just want to recommend it to people because it really is. It's the um, IPA. It's Tropical Milkshake IPA. Juice Shack. Yeah, juice that was it. Shack. It's yeah. like... It's, it's like, superb, to be honest. Like tropical juice. Mm. Um, and it, Yeah, it's just really, really good. You know that super sugary, sweet supermarket stuff? Yeah. It's like a breakfast juice. It's like that. It's but it's, really it goes good. down so easily, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a proper cloudy beer as well when you pour it into a glass. Yeah, which so is it's just just my perfection, thing. perfection, isn't it? So big up. It's, fan I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's belting. It's miles better than any Brewdog beer I've had or poured all over my kitchen floor recently. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get to that now yeah. deleted tweet that was outstanding. But <laughs> we'll thank our patrons as well at this point. So um, also got Dan Nickel, Ewan Jones, Mike Hassan, Adam Brown, Alex O'Neill. Aaron Bell and Rich Fleming so thanks to you guys as well um, yeah Rich's highlight when we were champions was his stone cold impression with two beers uh, in his kitchen one Did beer it, two beer three one beer, beer two beer bang. a shot of whiskey a tequila <laughs> it was very very funny um, 
You yeah. can't see it on Twitter anymore because he took it down. But... I was embarrassed by it the next day. I was like, oh, God, 2,000 views. 2,000 views? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you said to me at the time, it was like, I don't mind my mates watching that, but that's just random as watching me. So no. Yeah. Yeah, it was suddenly I was like, they've seen too much. <laughs> <laughs> they've seen me at my weakest. <laughs> you know too much. <laughs> Right, so we're going to do our end of what end of season awards uh, podcast episode, um, and we're going to do the following categories. So we'll do them in order, um, but obviously we'll we'll talk through what we're going to do. Some of them are probably fairly self-explanatory, and what we'll also do we have lots of people getting involved on Twitter with this, which has been great. So we'll read out some of these suggestions that people have said. Um, sometimes it's just an absolute clean sweep, and some people have just said the same as us. And other times there will be other. Um, more potential like left field shouts and stuff. So it's always good to go through those. So we're going to go to player of the season first, then signing of the season, goal of the season, game of the season, and then unsung hero are our five categories. And we're going to get started with player of the season. And Rich, who have you gone for? Uh, boring choice, isn't it? Give, mm. <laughs> like, add another one to the list for uh, George Honeyman. Honeyman. Honey man, if honey you're man. Uh, if show you're, me uh, the honey mummy. If you're away, like an away commentator for I follow, honey yeah. man, honey man, <laughs> honey manster. I, I mean, he was mine as well. So we can just talk about how good George Honeyman is for a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, he came back uh, from the COVID layoff last year, and he was one of the few bright spots of the relegation last year, and he just Agreed. carried on. He's he's. Mm-hmm. You know he's rolling the team. He's and he's kind of um, his willingness to step up and take responsibility for performances. You know, not just mm. uh, in his press, you know, uh, pieces where he, he, he did seem like he was taking on a more of a leadership role with things, but just on the pitch, it's like he's his desire, his, his willingness to get on the ball and try and make things happen. Um, he was a vital link for the forwards, uh, particularly the mm. centre forwards who could have been isolated without him and were in the times where he wasn't on the pitch. Um, yeah, just everything about his season, it's, it's, you could probably count on the fingers of one hand um, the number of bad performances that he's had this season, which mm. to say... That... He's played pretty much every game. I mean, yes. he's missed a few through injury, but it was a, it was a handful. Yeah, yeah, just you know, a handful of games that he didn't play in, and and the team was poorer mm. when he wasn't in it. Certainly, um, I think the energy that he has in that kind of number ten role behind McGuinness, so much of our play decides on how we've played higher up the pitch when we don't have the ball. Yeah, yeah, because he's not just with the ball; it's that he makes an an impact, and he, and he has made an impact. You know, you look at the number of big chances that he's created mm. in the season. I think there's. Um, was it four goals and fourteen assists, wasn't it? Yeah, but I but mean, just just in terms of chances that he's created, I think there's him and um, there's another Premier, a Premier League player that's that's alongside him, Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes. I couldn't remember if it was him or De Bruyne. I'd seen. I saw the graphic. It was on um, the transfer market graphics. Often we seem to be in those at the minute. Yeah, they're, they're doing like top three chances created or expected goals or it's usually most of the stats that you'd see on the telly I can only think there must be a City fan working in, the, in that department because it does, just... it does make me think that because it, it like Honeyman usually it's either Honeyman or Doherty or KLP or 
it usually comes up and it's like youngest player or yeah, like or ed- elders top youngest players, like elders, elders there, like most chances created from left back. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, but yeah, he's, you know, he's made all those chances um, and it's, it's told on the score sheet with, you know, like you say, four goals and, and some big goals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the number of assists that he's made, but like you said, it's, it's without the ball as well, because he led from the front in terms of the energy of our press and, Mm. Um, how high we were able to get at teams and you know yeah. recover the ball and, and and catch teams in transition. He was he was key to that. He really was key to our system and and our play throughout the year. Mm. I don't think you understand how important he is until he's not there. Well, I mean, I think we did. I think we did know that, um, and I think that was one of the issues. You know, when we had that little sticky patch at times, because mm. um, he, he was injured for a little time as well, wasn't he? He was, yeah, and, and we. We brought Crowley in to try and cover for that. And, yeah. and he wasn't maybe a natural fit, you know, didn't have the same qualities in that number 10 role that Honeyman different, does. Different player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But even before that, when um, I think approaching Christmas, mm. uh, just when there were a little, oh, there were signs of fatigue creeping in. Mm. And we're thinking, do we need to manage his minutes a little bit better? It was and, just after the Donny game, I think. Yeah. So because we then had like, we had Shrewsbury we lost to. We lost to Pompey at home. Um, there was a few, I think it was Blackpool away. There was a few games in there, Oxford as well, I think, where we was quite kind of subpar. And mm. it was like, yeah, we we need to try and make sure we rotate the squad accordingly, basically. Try and get the best out of it. But, the, I mean, the lack of cover for him meant, you know, he was, he's in every game. and mm. um, So, yeah, it just, it just tells you how vital he's been. And... I mean, if we had a six-category most improved player, he would possibly be in that as well. I mean, I think one thing you said at the beginning was he was one of the players that came out of the post-lockdown bit where we actually got relegated. He was one of the ones who could hold his head up high. And yeah, I think that's that's certainly true. And we we said that on the podcast when we were looking at like one of the few people we could praise was Honeyman because his set pieces made us look actual actually dangerous from from things like that. But obviously. Him and Elder have been the main source of creation. Like we scored so many from set pieces or yeah. set piece situations, yeah. or even then recycling the ball afterwards. Like if it gets headed away, either one of them's like on there to like put it in. That second, I mean? second opportunity, second ball. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and the other thing we should say about him is how much of a warrior he is because he's been playing through the pain for the last five weeks just to get us over the line. Yeah, I mean you can you can see that, and obviously. He was in in the protective boot on mm. Sunday in the celebrations, but just the fact that as soon as he wasn't required, it's like right. Yeah, we, don't, we'll we don't need him. Yeah, yeah we need to get him right for next season because yeah. he's going to be a big one for him. And yeah. also, you know, he's Freddie Mercury impression. Yeah, well, I was going to so. say he's, he's he's not a bad front man for a Queen tribute band either. So absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, so I mean, some of the tweets that we've got, like, so I'll read the names out of who said it, but um, <laughs> Sir Charlie Palmer on Twitter follows us, and he's he's often quite. Um, involved in a lot of the these discussions that we have, but he said number one, easy George. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Lutkin said, "Got to be gorgeous, George." Pulled the strings, looked unplayable at times, made us a threat from set pieces, which we haven't been for a while, and was for a much, long time indeed, yeah. and was much much better than Aidan McGeady in all departments, which I quite <laughs> liked. Always oh, the dig on Sunderland. Yeah, Ollie Hasley says, "Honey Esther, done." 
Greg Bell just has two emojis. One's a honeypot and the other one's a man. So <laughs> Jamie Turnbull says George Honeyman. Brad Denton just says Honeyman. So does Harvey Bottrell. And so does Robert Hoyle and Benedict Ferriby. And then the last one is James Lockwood, who just says George Honeyman. So everybody voted for player of the season, George Honeyman. So well done, George. Unanimous. Unanimous, indeed. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was our first category. And the second is, now this may be a little bit different. There may be different opinions with this, or there may not. I don't know. We'll have to check the tweets afterwards. Signing of the season. Uh, and I just put City recruited well this season, but who has been the best arrival? So do you want to start off with that? Yeah, well, I mean, we've got so much choice for this one. Mm, yeah. It's hard to, to think of too many players that came in in the summer. Um that really didn't make a positive impact. I think you could maybe look at like Thomas Meyer mm. as being the only one where it's, it's kind of gone. Um, yeah, know, I mean, bit, Scott, Scott was already there, wasn't he? He was yeah. like, like last year, and he's been disappointing. So yeah, but then with with Meyer, not to digress from the category, we'll get back to it mm. in a minute. We, yeah. You know, we do love a, a meander along the topic. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. Um, yeah. We've said it before about other players and their personal circumstances can inform performances on the pitch. And I think maybe that might be one of the things to to keep in mind with Thomas Meyer is that obviously the world has been shut down and he's in a new country and I don't mm. know if his wife and his kid have been with him. Yeah, I don't think they have either. So uh, that's something that was, to bear something in mind. That was mentioned like quite early in the season. That it was Not that he was having trouble adjusting, but it was going to take time for him to adjust because he didn't have an awful lot of minutes at the beginning. And then again, it... It's been. I've felt a bit sorry for him, really. Yeah. Um, because it can't be easy to do that. It can't have been an easy year for him. No. But so it. Just that was a little caveat. Not wanting to single yeah, him out because yeah. I think yeah. there are reasons why his performances and you know his place in the team became less and less regular as the season wore on. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, so many players that we could pick from, um, but really, one stood out for me. Um, most of the season and that was Greg Doherty mm-hmm. I, I've loved watching him I've yeah. just from the first game where we highlighted him as having a good game and, and we said he's a front foot player everything goes forward his mm. first instinct is to drive at teams and then he'll do that box to box bit mm. but he's he's so enjoyable to watch in that role because he's got control in how he does it as well it's like mm. we've had Midfielders recently that um, we wanted, we wanted to think were maybe better than they were, like in John Sorrell, um because mm. they were all we had, or Jackson Irvine, where he did the box to box thing, but didn't, at times didn't have the skill to back it up. Yeah, at times, yeah. at times he had the touch of a trampoline, mm. um, and I don't get that impression with with Greg Doherty. I think he is a controlled footballer, but it's all it's all positive. You know, he's He's um, he drives at teams. He plays in the spaces, and he's able to link up well with fullbacks coming on that we know is crucial to our system. And then as the season wore on, when he started, he was excellent. I think first yeah. six, seven games, and then he had a little bit of a dip. Yeah, but it's like maybe the rel- relentlessness at the start. Um, we, he played and, every game. I think that was it. I yeah, was well, that was it. And absolutely coming, fucked. Wasn't he? Coming back <laughs> to first team football from a situation with Rangers where he hadn't played a lot. Because mm, he'd so, gone on loan to Shrewsbury, I think, the season before that. Season before, he? yeah. 
um, but obviously he'd not played an awful lot with Rangers, so yes. he's not going to be match fit as much, which kind of reminds me of like with... the Smallwood situation a little bit with Blackburn, because he hadn't played for so long. Yeah, and you forget like the start of the season, how intense the schedule was with all the mm. cup games that we had. Yeah, um, and we won a couple of them, by the way. So we had extra fixtures <laughs> where we didn't normally yeah, expect to happen, did we? Yeah, exactly. So it was maybe there was that involved, but I mean, since probably Christmas, you could look at him and say he's really come on. Mm. <laughs> maybe to say he's come on sounds wrong. His performances were consistently good anyway, other than this little dip. But he's really asserted himself as he one of the key players in the team. Always been an eight or nine out of ten ever since Christmas. Every yeah. Game. Yeah. Definitely, Sec- definitely. Second half of the season for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I just love watching him. I can't wait to watch him in the championship because I think he's the player that's made for that league. I do. I think he's he's certainly going to be one that we need to keep hold of, offer a longer deal, and make sure we invest in him because he's he's proved this season how good he is. Yeah, and I mean, we might offer him a longer deal, but I think there will there will be teams that have um, well, there'll be teams who'll be will have scouted him, will be sniffing yeah, around him. I'm sure they'll have definitely paid attention to his performances this year. He's been excellent. Yeah. He's been really good to watch. Some of them 40-yard balls and switches he was doing as well, just efforts. Yeah, and then like, the goals that he's scored. Important I mean, the, goals too, yeah. Um, he got a massive goal at Oxford for his first one. That was a great hit, that. Yeah, he got the one in the cup against Lincoln, wasn't I it? I think that was the, the one in the cup against Lincoln. It was like early February. It was fucking freezing. <laughs> and it it was the first... It was where... It was, it was just beat about six players and slot yeah. in. And I think yeah. that that was where it started. That was where it was like from then on he was the number one player in the middle. And then that one later on in the season, uh the opposition, I'm drawing a blank on it, but it was to equalise uh, away from home. Oh uh, it was um, Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury, that's it. Yeah. Very good goal. Very, very, yeah, very in, good goal. In a game where we weren't quite No, we were off it there. Yeah, we they were could off have done it. us, yeah. And it was a, an important point in the season. And that's when you look to your big players to come up with this moment for you. And, and Doherty mm. did it out of nothing there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's my signing of the season. I was I was very, very tempted to go with Doc, but I wanted to try here and there to actually give like a, a, a different option. So we weren't all agreeing at the same one. <laughs> um, so I Just a massive echo chamber. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I actually went with Alfie Jones. Mm. Um and I think I think Alfie Jones is a very popular player with City. I don't know if people would say he was the sign of the season, but I actually think the reason I've gone for him, other than the fact that you went for Doherty, is um, <laughs> that he's so versatile, that he, he looks so comfortable, and we look so comfortable as a team with him and CDM. But the way that it was, everyone was panicking, going, oh, no, Burke's injured. It's all right. Alfie will just drop in there, look even yeah. more assured at centre-back. So he's, 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 he's got that versatility that we haven't really seen from many City players because you remember like when we had people on loan like Pennington he was clearly a right like a centre-back who was trying to play a right-back <laughs> who couldn't even fucking kick the ball he was and never a right-back in a million years if, I know that's it but he was <laughs> but playing went on a weird little goal-scoring streak towards the end of the season for Shrewsbury so <laughs> yeah, no, it was really bizarre that wasn't it I don't know if it was uh, saying something about the lower standards of League One but yeah possibly um, McCann obviously had to play in there because he had no other option, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But when we were used to players like that and just going, oh, if he's not in that position, he's fucked. But th- how good has he been at centre back? He's been he's, key. He's been he's, so he's, good. He's been a key player, particularly back half of the season because he's just, you know, two really important positions for the team. 
and one way you have any disruption as you're coming into the business end of things, you're thinking, like you say, oh no. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's um, what it was the intake of breath if we're all in the cave. Yeah. Like, oh shit, he's out. He's, he's, he's took a knock in training or whatever. It's like, it's all right, just drop Alfie in there. Yeah, and he's wherever he's been asked to play, he's oh. been. He's, solid does him a disservice, I think. I think I would, I would go as far because I hate the term, but the way that I always hear people talk about Van Dyke, and I don't really watch as much Premier League as I ever used to when City were in it, but. They always say he's a Rolls Royce of a defender. <laughs> I'd say that Alfie Jones is the League One Rolls Royce and next year's Championship Rolls Royce because actually he's such a he's so comfortable on the ball. He's yeah. not just an absolutely solid defender who'll just fucking boot it. He actually he's so controlled and he'll pick the right pass and just keeps calm. And do you remember that game against Fleetwood where we were two one up? Yeah, and they nearly went and equalised and that last ditch tackle. Shit like that. It's just like yeah. even ninety third minute, he's still chasing back and making last ditch tackles when he's fucked and he's I mean, been run all over. The, the other game of his that, that stands out for me, I think I can't remember if it was the first one or the first league game that he got into. Anyway, was Northampton away, mm. and yeah, they, they were, moved. They, they put him in there at CDM, didn't they? Because yeah. I think Smallwood was injured after the West Ham game. Yeah, and it was to cover for their um, rudimentary style. I would call um, it Route One, um, yeah, just, three four three Route One, which was just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Just, yeah, just banging it long, and it was like, well, let's have another lad who's comfortable in the air in front of the centre backs can drop in if need be. Go on, lads, percentages, get it up. Yeah, first, first and seconds, that kind of thing, and he just yeah. did that job so well that day. To... Sun- Sunday League football. Yeah, you had to have somebody who was solid, tall, dependable at the back, <laughs> who just like trapped everything and just played it straight, straight away. There you go, nice and calm, edit away or get it down. And he did that. And he did that for us in the Northampton game, and it was kind of like the introduction to to Alfie Jones. It was like, Mm. oh, okay, he's a player. He didn't. He played the cup games. I remember he took a really good penalty against Leeds. Leeds. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's always good to beat Leeds. I think it was like was it eleven ten on penalties or something ridiculous like that. Uh, It was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. (laughs) And also, we should have won by about four nil. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking it's annoying, but still, it's always good to have a win against Leeds. But yeah. He'd, he'd not played an awful lot and he was dropped in against Northampton and just impressed straight away. Another 8 yeah. out of 10. So that's why I've gone for him. He I really set the standard for himself that day. He really did. And he uh, never really deviated from it. The versatility that he showed was excellent and he's one of my favourite players. So there you go. Um, indeed. Well, actually, it's a clean sweep from people apart from one. So I'll read you all these. Rich Lutkin actually said two. So he said Doherty, obviously. But he also said KLP's contract situation. We've seen those situations turn sour way too many times, so it was nice to see it resolved, mm-hmm. which is an interesting take. Yeah. Um, Jamie Turnbull, Craig Bell, Brad Denton, Harvey Bottrell, Holly Housley, Robert Hoyle, Ben Ferby, James Lockwood, and Harvey HCAFC says Doc. That's an unusual surname. <laughs> but then HCAFC Joe, uh, who's got a picture of Josh Emmanuel as his bio. Says Tommy Meyer. <laughs> because we wouldn't have won the league without his ingenious cross against Crew to Malik. It was an important goal. It was an important goal. I don't I mean, you could say that about each season, individual but... goal that we actually scored in yeah. just tight games, but I like I like the left field shout. I appreciate <laughs> that one. So yeah, sound of the season for you was Doc, and then sound of the season for me was Alfie Jones. Um now, next one. 
goal of the season. Ah, uh, yeah. So this might be a one that's a little bit more, um, I don't know, varied, I guess. Well, we've got so many to pick from. Yeah, we, we're not used to scoring this many goals in a season, are we? No, there were a lot. <laughs> there were a lot of great goals. Um, Which have you gone for? I was almost loath to pick it, given mm. that it was scored in the Pizza Cup. <laughs> pizza <laughs> and, Cup, just a massive fucking trophy, looking yeah. like a Papa John's pizza. Anybody who'd listened to us while we were in that competition would know that I had very little time or affection for... I don't think you had any time or affection for that competition. Not whatsoever, because that was one of the greatest things about getting out of these lower reaches of the Football League the first time, was that we didn't have to play crap competitions like that. We didn't have to play Leicester City under-23s on a Tuesday night. So... I was yeah. almost loath to pick it, but I mean, it's it really is the obvious one for me is um, Louis Coyle against Fleetwood. He's an absolute pile driver. It was fucking brilliant, that, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, the type of thing that... It was the type of thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it reminded me of the type... <laughs> it, was a... <laughs> it was the type of thing where... If there were fans in the stadium, like the, oh, the roof pitch. would have come off. Um, but but then with it being a Pete's Trophy game, there probably would have only been about 4,000 fans in the stadium, especially see, with it being about yeah. the 16th time that we'd played Fleetwood oh, in the God, season. Oh, God, we've played him so many times. Yeah, it's but fucking, it really... I mean, oh. for, for a right-back to be oh. coming out and coming it's up like with that... The audacity from there. Yeah, to score his first goal for his, his hometown team against the team that we signed him from to win the game a bun- against a bunch of noisy little upstarts who were trying to manufacture a rivalry with us. I know, what's it all was, that about? It was just like, twat, have that, off your pot, boys. <laughs> it needed the Alan Partridge commentary over yeah. from the day today, didn't it? Oh, it was just a twat, <laughs> did you see that? Right foot like a traction engine. That's foot what like that was. Traction engine. <laughs> so, yeah, my that, goal. That's mine. In amongst many other um, yeah. contenders, but it, it... that was the most <laughs> remarkable game I think I'd watched that season because we we're two 0 down on seventy eight minutes, mm. and then we had two quick goals because Malik scored and KLP scored, and then it was it looked like there would only be one winner, and every time we had a set piece coming in, we looked dangerous, didn't we? And they yeah. did it away. Like, oh, we're safe, lads. Wallop. Bang. Fuck off. Think again. I just, well, I, I was covering that game, so I just stood up and just, like, whooped and clapped, which was, like, really not... There was, like, two other people there. Nobody wanted to cover the Pat John's trophy. Yeah, <laughs> not even... nobody. Not even 1% of the reaction that that goal deserved. It was, no, it was fantastic. But, I mean, get in. Louis Coyle can, can rest assured that there were a lot of bums coming off sofas, um... In response knee, to that strike, knee slides in from Bruce. Like, <laughs> yeah, carpet burns. <laughs> it was almost like that time, you know, <laughs> when we watched two, the World Cup 2018, when we went to, we came to yours and watched it. Yeah. Our mate Mike left before the end. <clears throat> oh, God. <laughs> if we actually won a penalty shootout, Mike had gone. I mean, I've just watched it back. Oh, it's a pal driver. And that, <laughs> do you know what I love? The camera angle behind the goal. That one because it just kind of yeah straight away. That's in <laughs> the one with the one with no commentary over because when they record from behind they just do it on like that GoPro footage style yeah and you just take if you 
try and get the one where there's no commentary on it as they use it as an extra with Fletcher's commentary over the top. It's you just can like hear the ball hitting the net, boom, the sound, the station. Yeah. And then all the lads just like ah! just like absolutely go all over. I mean there's a ball boy brilliant. stood behind the goal and what a view he must have had of that. Like, you can just brilliant. you can just see it's in one touch, get it out of his feet, steadies himself, and it's he just pings it. It's a complete and why they keep the bother diving, I don't I know. know. He was never getting anywhere near that. No. He'll 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 never hit he'll never a ball hit a like that ball. again. Yeah, agreed. That was like that's the old cliche in it, the old adage. Yeah. When he hit it, it stayed hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to go... Right, so we both agree on that one anyway because that was mine as well. So you can't really argue with that goal because it was just so good. Um, but on the tweets, there's been there's a few different ones. So I'll just go through some of these, see what you think. Uh, Craig Bell says Cole versus Fleetwood, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jamie Turnbull has two others which weren't what we'd said. So he'd said Elder versus Northampton or Doherty versus Oxford. Two very uh, good goals. Yeah, I mean, the the Doherty one was a massive point as well as a, as mm. being a brilliant goal. It was, and, and Elders was fantastic. I mean, considering where did he, that come from? Yeah, he'd been at the club for two years, and that was his first goal. It was like, well, where was that? He absolutely <laughs> bent that as well into yeah. top corner, didn't he? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Robert Hoyle says unorthodox answer: Wilkes versus Crew. Um, I know it takes slight deflection, but that was the goal that sent us up, in my opinion, as the team, um, as a team to win that game. It was a huge testament to the side. It was huge character win that one. Mm. Um, Hoyle, uh, Coyle versus Fleetwood uh, says Brad Denton, and same with James Lockwood. Harvey Bottrell says Scott versus Grimsby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only, only, one, only one vote for that one it was a very good goal but I mean Grimsby were one of the worst teams I've ever seen and they've just been relegated to um, the well the conference haven't they yeah it's, it's um, a bit like saying the goal you'd score against a, a primary school team was goal of the season I mean it did hit very well it was it did. really well curled but I mean the opposition stood off him and just let him pick it out because he's obviously a skilled player because he's got a professional contract but I don't think you can. I don't. Well, I mean, each to their own and all that. But I don't think I would be voting for that one. Um, and then Benedict Ferby says Honeyman versus Wigan. Okay, I liked that counter attack with Wilt coming down the back heel. Yeah, and just I did. It. it was a just very good goal. Smacked back. it in. Yeah, it's like fuck off. So yeah, it, it, so does it at the back of the net. That's it was. It was do you know what that finish reminded me of? It's like when you get. Um, Set up in, in heads and volleys or something, you're like two yards out and somebody lays oh, on for you, you just blast it as hard as you can. It. It's like, what's the need? <laughs> it was almost like that time, you know. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're referring to that, that, um, the, the incident where we were at school all those years ago and we just kept booting our mate Danny's ball to the back of the field. Um, and our mate Mike took up off David Luis style run up of 40 yards after Daddy had retrieved his ball for the sixth time and then he just whammed it right to the back of the field Daddy just went home <laughs> oh dear but it did remind me of that sort of finish Yeah, he just absolutely tonked it straight as an arrow yeah see you later and lovely football to you know far better than than 14 year olds like chipping the ball up for each other <laughs> Yeah, I'll set you up. <laughs> Game of the season. What are we going for? Uh, the obvious choice for me, I think, um, was Portsmouth away 
a 4 0 mm-hmm. demolition of a team who at the time uh, fancied themselves as a title challenger. They did, didn't they? Yeah. With so... old uh, inbred looking Sean Raggett at back. <laughs> right, straight yeah, out of scene, and, out of deliverance. And who, you know, not long before this game took place, had beaten us at our place mm. um, without a shot on target. Yeah, that was that was a low point. And um... then <laughs> we suspect the the uh, link and causation probably cannot be effectively proven, but we suspect that they also gave us COVID. Yes, um, I think they probably did because they had some players who didn't play, who were still sitting on the benches, who did then did test positive the next day. So thanks for that. Yeah. But maybe maybe it worked out best that we didn't have those Christmas games. I don't know. Well, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, we'll never know. I dare say most of the players, um, Josh McGuinness probably would tell you that he would rather have played over Christmas than well, had to I deal mean, with he, COVID. To be, but... to be fair, he was really badly affected as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, until about, what, end of March? No, bit start of March, sorry. That's when he came back into form again. But he really struggled to get back to fitness, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. So... All that taken into account to then go there and we played them off the park. But they didn't even lay a glove on us, did they? No, we absolutely battered them. The first one, first goal was really sweet because it was an Oggy. Yes, because um, we'd scored uh we'd scored for them previously. Because yes, yeah. it came off it actually came off Greavesy, I think, that first goal. Yeah. So to to get that back, mm. um, you know, another delicious free kick whipped in by Honeyman. Lewis Pasquale probably score if you if you nitpicking, but then just to get the own goal, it was like okay, thanks for that. Wee. Turn and turn about, <laughs> and 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 that just set the tone from there. Really, it was like you say they couldn't lay a glove on us, not um, at all. It was beautiful to see that. It was one of the most enjoyable away games I think that I've seen for a long time. That yeah, well, it was the, the most enjoyable one that I've ever seen on iFollow. Yes, well, no, that, that that was what I was kind of getting at. Yes, the iFollow experience is pretty is pretty empty a lot of the time because you couldn't re- you couldn't even have people round to watch it. P- yeah, you? particularly at that time of the year, it was because uh, it was right back into lockdown again, wasn't we? It yeah. was January, wasn't it? So it was. It was. It was like a much needed tonic. Um, it was. Yeah. In in what was otherwise you know quite a quite a bleak winter. Yeah, what really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, New Year's right. You can have Christmas off, but then you're back in New Year's Day and you're doing triple shifts. Yeah, that's literally what it was like, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can enjoy yourselves now, but it's gonna get worse. Yeah, we knew it's gonna get worse anyway, so <laughs> we're just gonna let you have this visibility where you go, oh yeah, we can see each other over Christmas. And to be fair, I don't even think we saw that many people over Christmas, to be honest. Because we knew it was just going to be awful. Afterwards. Yeah, it's going to be pretty, pretty terrible. So, I mean, that was just, it was kind of like, come on, let's keep going. Mm. You can get through this because City have beaten teams handily mm. who who think they're challenging them. Um, to get two own goals out of it, I know we've already said it, but yeah. the second one in there from the it same player. It was the same player. guy, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just, it was so sweet. And then after the game as well, I went for... A run almost immediately afterwards. Dressed, um, dressed as Cliff Byrne. Yeah, well, yeah, dressed as Cliff Byrne. I didn't have shorts on because it was cold. <laughs> it was fucking freezing. <laughs> yeah. um, so I went for a run almost immediately afterwards. I had the football forum on, and um, David Burns was was interviewing a player, and he didn't know who. They asked who was there, and, and Richie Smallwood, Smallwood was like, Richie Smallwood, Hull City Richie captain. Smallwood, Hull City AFC captain. Love that. <laughs> and and that was like it. it 
if the performance had got me through like the first three and a half K of the run, like mm-hmm. him saying that in the chest puff moment just got me through the last one and a half. Though. What do you mean who it is? Well, yeah. I'm, your, I'm your captain, silly cute. Yeah, and it wasn't just like, it's Richie Smallwood, it's like, captain, whole city. It was like, you could tell that he was like, yeah. And present like, and accounted for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was the same thing. And it was that yeah, kind of brilliant. day. It was, it was just, you know, with, with that. He was outstanding that day as well. He was, he? He, he was, he was excellent. And I know we said before we started recording that we think people have perhaps um, underrated the contribution of Smallwood that season mm. or this season. And, and, and anybody who needs to see what he's capable of or needs to be convinced of that should mm. probably go and watch this game back. Yeah. Um, it is on YouTube, the full game. Um, but yeah, it was it was just multiple excellent. camera was... angles as well, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those rare ones. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was just a good day. And and by the way, the quality of football for the fourth goal was just oh. outrageous. McGuinness's finish. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, because yeah, he'd yeah. come on as a sub that day, didn't he? Edge of the area tonked it after about fifty passes. Yeah, it's just the way we move them around to get that ball in behind the fullback, like we like to do. Oh, it's just, just toying with them, just toying with them. Yeah. Over here. Uh, oh no! Wait. Sorry, the, no. It wasn't, it wasn't in, in behind the fullback at all, was it? It was just like we got the ball in front of their area, and then. Well, to be fair, they, we got in behind the fullback. That was for the third, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That was the third. Was in behind the fullback, but the the way we moved the ball around for the fourth, it was just unreal. I'll just a what, joy the joy to watch. The old A's would have been out, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, and then day. the celebration afterwards would have been A's. But again, another sign of progress for this this whole city team because previously. Um, you know, prior to this season, we might not have shown that level of control and composure on the ball for that many passes in, you know, a five-minute spell, let alone mm. 30 seconds leading to a goal. So it was just, it was so much fun to watch. It was. Um, a game that I chose actually wasn't as fun to watch for the majority of it, <laughs> but I went for it for the importance of the game. Um, and basically, so I went for crew. Away. Um, crew away, yeah. Um Matt Ingram was outstanding that day. He was. And kept us in it in the first half because they could have had a couple. Uh, he had a great save and pushed it out for a corner. And then Joe Dale did a header. And I mean, it was going past him. I don't know how he managed to get his hand on that. It was unreal. If you, I'm sure you remember the, the save that I'm talking about. I do, yeah. If, if, you want, if, you have, if you can't remember that, go back and watch it and tell me how Matt Ingram doesn't make team of the season for League One. Like, <laughs> absolute fucking joke. But it must it, be a stats thing. It's, it's it must be clean but, sheets, isn't it? But I mean, Ingram's done that for us all Ingram's season. Kept about sixteen or seventeen clean sheets. So. Yeah. Anyway, away from that, the way we went one nil down unfairly. I don't think it was a penalty, but mm-hmm. obviously they've dispatched it. Not a penalty. Not a penalty. No. no. Another um, strange penalty award given against us. I mean, there's been an awful lot of dodgy refs this season who have tried yeah. to stop City going up as champions. In <laughs> and I mean, Lincoln got fucking loads of penalties all over the shop. But when it did actually matter, Peterborough, well, Cheetahborough, dived and got one in the <laughs> oh, last come minute. On, come on, give him the credit. It was an outrageous dive, but you don't get promoted. You know, it's, we're not, we're not, we're not Brian Clough. We're not telling Peterborough to to chuck all the. Medals and all the pots and pans in the biggest <laughs> fucking skip you can find. <laughs> uh, I, d- I don't like Peterborough at all, but it was I did because it was a game that didn't matter to us. We were already champions, um, and I couldn't really give a shit who goes up with us. 
Yeah, um, it's just, it was just, it was just to hilarious see. to watch yeah. the Lincoln players. Funnier was that you, the Lincoln YouTuber who seems to want to live stream every game. I oh, know, poor lad. And he just, it's the, the, the slam. Yeah. His, it's just <laughs> fucking brilliant. It's like those three seconds. Oh, fuck, he's gone. Fuck, <laughs> fuck off. Absolutely glorious. Um, I, you're, Andy came on from the um, Amber podcast, didn't he? Back in like January, February time. And he just put a comment under. I posted this thing where it just said, "When Lincoln screw the playoffs up," and, he, and I just fuck off. <laughs> so it's just used like the, the three second bit, and underneath he just put seething. Like, that was a brilliant word to describe what he was like. Seething. It's underused. I think we should use it more. Um, but obviously, we go at the other end, and then. Big Josh slams home a penalty to make it one-one about five minutes later. Yeah, and that was huge as well, wasn't it? Because yeah. it, was, it came at a, a time really where we're thinking shit, one-nil down, not playing particularly yeah. well, and we, in another yeah. big game where mm. it, at that point in the season it was a big game because we, you know, teams would were, were behind us closely and because uh, to be fair, hand, like crew, I thought were one of the best football insides we played. I don't know if people are going to laugh at me for that because they finished kind of lower mid table, but they certainly tried to play the ball on the deck and when they, what they missed was a goal scorer. Yeah. The side, their keeper was decent. I thought. I think that yeah, Yaskalainen. Yeah, yeah, I thought I it think, was a decent keeper. I think that's one of the things that we perhaps learned this season about League One. It, is that maybe beforehand we might have all been a little bit disparaging about the standard of some of the teams in it. Mm. But we know that although they might not have the quality to compete with sides like ourselves over 46 games, there were a lot of teams in in this division that were capable of having 90 minutes of a decent performance, and particularly when they were playing against us. Raising the game because we're we're that highest, maybe not the highest profile club when you've got like Sunderland in there, but we were... (laughs) One of the higher profile teams in the league. Yeah. So they were capable. And, you know, I'll let you talk about it because it's your game, but <laughs> the way that it panned out then. Uh, I mean, I saw loads of stuff on social media and I'm going to call him out with this because it was hilarious. And North Graves at the time of us to Hull and Back podcast was slaying saying, why is he taking KLP off? And why is he not taking Malik off? Malik's done fuck all today. Five <laughs> minutes later, what does Malik do? Does fuck all all 90 minutes, pops up and scores the winner, doesn't he? <laughs> Doc, well, he was involved in that goal, by yeah, the way. Great pass out to him. Um, Just but finds yeah, him in space. That's the definition of, of how we, you need to make sure that your important players are kept on for 90 minutes yeah, or into injury moments. time because he will deliver. Yeah. He's done that to me before as well as Wilkes because I remember when we beat Middlesbrough at the end of last season. Mm. He uh, fuck, he's done fuck all this, but... Not long before he scored, he had, a, he had a wild shot, and I think it went over the bar or something, and I tweeted, that was shit Wilkes. <laughs> and then within about two minutes, he'd scored, and my next tweet was, but that wasn't. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I noticed, if you're bringing up that Middlesbrough game, the uh, Geordie Device, who suddenly ran to the camera and shouted in the camera, and that was a badge-kissing weasel, I think Josh McGuinness <laughs> called him. Um, he signed for QPR on a, on a permanent. I hope we get some fucking money from that, like a decent amount, and can invest it in somewhere else other than centre-back. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sad to see him go. I don't know about you. But. Uh, well, I think he's, it's um, indicative of how poor he's been that he's, his transfer out is um, almost an irrelevance. And he was mm. a player who I rated. Um, yeah, I think everybody, every City fan rated him. 
Um, I don't know if I don't know if we do anymore, but I, I, I think, think we did last season because we saw him as one of the most important up, players. Didn't we? Up until you know that the, the Sheffield Wednesday game, it's the turning point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and up until then, you're thinking you've got yourself a Championship standard centre back, but then the rest of his 2020 <sighs> was pretty much horrendous. He's uh, quite a slide. Um, so no, not sorry to see him go. I think it's best for all parties that he's gone. What I am sorry for is that I think there was a player in there, mm. um, and if he is able to find that for QPR, then you think, what have we lost? But as things stand, we haven't lost somebody who can contribute. He, Greaves, Jones, and Burke all play together far better. better. Yeah, they do, and they look do. far more assured than Device did with any any of them. So not sorry to see him go. The only thing you'll probably be sorry for is your fantasy Premier League team name. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm going to have to drop Doomsday Device and come up with something else. <laughs> Which is funny because there's a wrestling move called Doomsday Device. Yeah, I like yeah. it. It's Legion funny. of it Doom. Is, it's funny. What it a rush. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this game. Obviously, I went for uh, yeah the crew game with just the important goal, the important time from Malik. Um, but then on Twitter, we've had some others, uh, some other suggestions. See what you think of these. Jamie Turnbull says, uh, Grimsby in the cup. <laughs> not sure Fair about enough. that one, Jamie. Not sure but, about that, but I am sure know. about Pompey 4 0, which was his other one. So uh, we'd go with that. <laughs> uh, Portsmouth away says Craig Bell. Um, Robert Hoyle says, Best game, Pompey away, especially considering they beat us at home 2 0 without having a shot on target, which we touched on already, which was very good. 4 um, 0 Portsmouth says Brad Denton. Pompey away, says Harvey Bottrell. Lincoln away, says uh, James Lockwood, just for the promotion and your favourite tweeter's reaction. Uh, I think he's talking about NASA, which is the uh, Lincoln YouTuber. Mm. <laughs> oh, they fucking scored. They fucking scored. I don't want this lot winning promotion on our patch. <laughs> yeah, I haven't joined in with that because it felt a little bit like punching down. But, I mean, that was satisfying because I imagine his reaction was atypical of a lot of Lincoln fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You fucking air raid siren shaggers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Benedict Ferriby, last one, says Plymouth nil, City 3. That was a very good performance, I will say. It was, yeah. Yeah, that performance against Plymouth was... I think that was when I knew we were going to do it. Yeah. Because we were so, so composed. And they had uh, quite a lot of the ball as well and looked like they were going to get back into it after we'd had that early goal. And then yeah, just like, we just like, well, cheers, we'll go on the counter-attack we, and uh, we'll score. Cheers. Yeah, Thanks we just rode it and it was like the type of um, type of composure I would expect of a team in our position. Mm. Um, Certainly. Yeah, some good shouts in there. Very good shouts. It's been um, a good season. It's been enjoyable. It has. It's, I mean, I think it's even more enjoyable considering how bad we had to, in, the football was that we had to endure when we started the podcast up at the end of last season. Well, this is it. And this is one of the things that we've always said, um, at least in my family, that you have to appreciate the bad, t- or you have to go through the bad times to mm. appreciate the good. Um, mm. I'm not quite sure how fans of top six teams are able to appreciate just how good they have it because they haven't had to endure a lot of shit. So that's, I think that's one of the things is why we're all enjoying this particular kind of um, post-season celebratory haze is that mm. we've had to work for it. There's, we've we've had um, latterly some some very difficult years. Even when we've been successful on the pitch, there's been other shit going on. 
mm. off it that has meant no, that things no, that, no manager for the first uh, when we got promoted into Premier yeah, League we had no fucking manager at first to, you know we won't go into it because it's it's boring it's, we all know about like, it but spoils this moment for this yeah, season the shine has been the shine has been taken off previously yeah uh, mm. what for other teams might be glorious moments so I think that this one that we've all experienced it together apart if that makes sense and all mm. just been focused on the football and the achievement of the team and the manager and what have you I, I do think it's been a good year certainly has which took which takes us to unsung hero right um, on the Twitter thing I put uh, who doesn't get the credit they deserve the final award goes to players often overlooked so be interested to know what you think of this um, well we've touched on it already mm-hmm. um, and for me it's Matt Ingram Right. I think there have been numerous games this season where he has come up big for us, mm. uh, making some excellent saves to, to keep us in games when we have been going through a sticky patch or to maintain a lead. I don't think he's got the credit he des- he's deserved. When you think, when he came into the side at the end of last season, it seemed a big call to drop George Long, who'd been your number one all year. All right, right. he played up. against Luton, didn't he? Yeah. And then the Cardiff game, and you know, Okay, for for long he had been underperforming mm. relative to his standard because I think he is a better goalkeeper than he's had opportunity to show, uh, you know, in his his most recent appearances, um, and we hadn't seen anything of Ingram other than a couple of appearances in the cup, and to go from there to establishing himself as the the number one. I think he's testament to him and he's he's been calm, he's been assured, he's as you you've been able to point out, he's communicating effectively with his back four and he's just given us that real steady presence at the back, which I think you need from your goalkeeper. And you know, I don't have a, a highlight reel of saves to make, but it comes to mind that there are a number of games where he has kept us in it hmm. or just been able to preserve a lead for us with well, some I mean, absolute worldy saves. We've looked at I mean, we touched on the crew save from Joe Dale. And then you've also looking at the save against Sunderland where we drew at home. Yeah, he was he was massive for us in that two two game. And if we'd lost that game, mm. that would have been a big psychological. It blow, might have I been think. a bit of a swing, yeah. Particularly because I mean I know I said they about the, the Plymouth game, which they? yeah, I said about the Plymouth game where we showed the mentality of, of a team that looked like they knew they were going to go. Up. We we had a little bit of nervousness about us in that Sunderland game, and if we'd lost mm. that, you don't know if that kind of is allowed to fester and it creeps in a little bit. I do think on the day Sunderland play some very good football um, and I think they are one of the better teams in the league. They just obviously have this inconsistency where it's just, I don't know, kind of like we were. We, you know when we, we kept ma- on, like making the playoffs and then not going up when we were 20 years ago when we were trying to get out of the bottom league? Mm. <laughs> that sort of thing, I think, because... It's obviously not his. Like it's Lee, Lee Johnson obviously came in, made a difference, and then they they went on an awful run. Where I know they drew with us, but then they, they lost like three or four in a row, didn't they? Yeah, which was always funny to see. Stuttered over the line. Um, they ended. Did they end up finishing fourth? Uh, yes, because Blackpool were third. Blackpool were third, which is amazing, really, considering where they yeah, were. Yeah, they've been fantastic. They were certainly the team that you, we were glad we played them when we did. But because... again, yeah, again, that's the thing. You know, we're saying we maybe be a little bit derogatory about the standard of the league, but Blackpool, when you think of their league position, both games we've played them, gave us two of our most difficult games. 
Because yeah. um, we thought Fro- we'd got a point Oxford, at their place then. and then we just went and conceded up the other end away, didn't we? Yeah, and the same goes for Oxford at their place because they were in a mm. lowly position when we went there and, and look at where they finished. They, they came on really strong and, and made the playoffs with a, a fantastic end of the season. It's, it's Blackpool, Oxford and then Lincoln. Sunderland in the yeah, playoffs, the, isn't it? So but the Blackpool Oxford game is going to be great. I mean, I, mm, I I'm going to be watching that. Yeah, I don't Definitely normally watch it. a lot of opposition games at this standard, um, but I will be watching that because I think they're they're two good sides. Yeah, agreed, hundred um, percent. So yeah, he, Matt Ingram for me to Matt wrap Ingram. up. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you kind of pointed to it before. Just one last thing on Ingram: he talks constantly in the game. That, the thing is, any goalkeeper will, I think. George Long doesn't. Right. I've, I've been at games where there's both, and he, he does shout, but Ingram less is... So. A, he, less what, so. Does yeah. he, sh- he shouting when he, he needs he to? He shout, you know, if, if you've got, like, uh, left, left in the wall, left, left, all of that sort of stuff. But what Ingram does is he's always encouraging his back four. So and one of the best examples was Greaves had it, ping the ball over to, I think it was Wilkes, 40-yard pass, you know, like they do. Fucking love it, you! Brilliant, Gravesy! That sort of thing. Just, like, commentary of it each time. Or, he maybe just does that to keep himself involved in the game. He maybe, know, maybe some, does, some but I think, do I think it that. has such, such a good effect on it because you're, always, cause you're constantly having, like, someone barking orders from you. Not, yeah. in a, not in an awful way, but, like, I know he's there, he you know, trusts me, and he goes, you've got loads of time, fucking yeah, loads of time, all of that yeah, sort Yeah, you've of got stuff. that all the time, it's always there for you. Yeah, and I think, I think that's probably one of the reasons why McCann stuck with him so much, because I think the defence feel far more comfortable with him, and it's not necessarily a criticism along, but I just think Ingram is more vocal, having mm. seen him in yeah. person, without a crowd there, because when there's normally a crowd, you don't hear it, do you? Um, no, you well, not, hear the not players so well. So much. Maybe, maybe is the... KC emptied out. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the last time we were allowed fans in, you might have heard it a little bit more. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to see how he does in, in the championship anyway, because he's, he's mm. largely been a, a lower league keeper for a lot of his career. So He yeah, came from Wickham in it, yeah. didn't he? So. It'll, it'll be a big year for him, I think. Definitely. Um, that may be a position where we want backup, I don't know, because it depends if Long's going to be kept or... Yeah, I mean, sure. it's it's one of those positions I'd just like to see us look to improve in anyway. I don't yeah. think you should ever be standing still. Oh, no. Um, oh, especially when you're going up a league as well. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. So, anyway, mine was... Um, my unsung hero is actually Regan Slater. Oh, OK. Who came in... I know I, we were talking about more of the last third of the season here, um, but in those last sort of, what, 10, 12 games that he played... Because um, obviously we, Alfie Jones had to drop into the centre back, and when Regan Slater did start, I think a lot of City fans were like a bit nervous about that. We don't yes. really know an awful lot about him. Unknown um, quantity. Yeah, it wasn't a criticism of Slater himself. I think it was just that he hadn't played the minutes, so we didn't know. And when he had come on, he'd come on in different positions. So he'd come on as a ten, for example. Or yeah, and looked a little bit of a of a water carrier as well. I think a little bit, but obviously in front of that back four is where he's most comfortable because he breaks up play so well. Yeah, and his and he use just, of the ball is really, really clever as well. Outsta- he, was, he was honestly brilliant to watch because I think he's another one of those players that goes underappreciated, which is obviously why I've gone for the unsung hero. He's just, he, I think he, that position quite often does anyway. I think it does, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people 
Bulger or, or Wilkes is my favourite player or Huddyman or because you see the the end product of what they do. They're, 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 they're there for the big moments. But I think a good centre defensive midfielder, you don't notice him because he's either just stepping doing in, job. got the ball and he's playing it sideways or he's running with it a bit and he's giving it to somebody else. It's yeah. not him who actually makes the... It's, like, it's almost like a, a firefighter because you're going around, there's little fires everywhere, he's going around putting them out, nicking yeah. the ball back. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that, I think that's there your is perfect a, CDM, isn't it? I, I really do think there is a... a general underappreciation for players that play that role. I think that's why like Ian Ashby went so yeah. unappreciated for such a long time. I mean, Every year we went up, it was like, can Ashby do it? Yes. And, and, and every year that he got the, <laughs> got the opportunity to, you know, when mm. he was fit, it was like, yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> Having played central defensive midfield in the, well, very badly, I might say, but in the last couple of years of my own playing career, I appreciate it more having played it like that and I think necessarily I wouldn't have appreciated that role if I hadn't had experience of playing there albeit yeah. at a very very poor level well, you see, well I mean the same I played that position at a Sunday league level mm, but it's, yeah. it's it's one that I enjoy because you don't have to do any lung busting runs to get forward no you but you need to be moving all the time yeah. because you need to follow you need to know where you need to be each time yeah, as well you, so. you're covering and yeah I do enjoy mm. it but I, I appreciate players that play it as well I was sad to see Regan Slater go back to his parent club and I know his contract is up and I think that would be one of... There's loads of people talking today about Adelican and mm-hmm. he's been released and would you take him and all that. I don't really want to get into that but one player I would take, the one that we had on loan, is Regan Slater. Yeah, I'd, I'd have him back in a heartbeat because he's young. Um, That's and... it as well. He's, he's got... If, if we bought him or got him even on a free because he's obviously his contract's up, Yeah, I think it's... I think it's an absolute I think Sheffield no United would be due some compensation, wouldn't they? Probably, the because he's un- is he under 23? Yeah, I think so. It'd be worth paying the compensation. Yeah, abs- absolutely. You know, we saw how he came on with regular game time. Yeah, look what we got given the chance. And I'd say at the time, I think we, we'd said to each other before kick-off, this is Slater's big chance, he needs to take it. And he did. Yeah, he did. He did with both hands and he didn't look back. That's it. Seven, eight out of ten. And then he was keeping, you know... Keeping well, the club captain out of the team when he was fit. That's it. He, but he's, he works his socks off. Absolutely. The, he, he mirrored Honeyman's work rate at the other end for me. Yeah. Because if he did lose the ball, he went back and he didn't foul him. He just nicked the ball back and went, chase, thanks very much. And, and, played, and gave, played it out. Gave the two creative midfielders that little bit more licence to play. Do you know the Doc and Honeyman just trusted him, so he knew he mm. would always be there, even with the, the centre-back. The um, wing-backs bombing on. You knew he would always just drop in there. Not he's not the tallest player, but he knew where he needed to be. He knew no, but you don't always really have well. to be. Yeah, as long as you can read the game well, I think so, that makes up for a lot. And I think he is faster than a lot of people give him credit. I think he's he's quite a nippy little player in midfield. It would be a nightmare to play against because he just nips yeah. at your ankles until he nicks his ball back. All he's all over the all over it. So yeah, I went with Regan Slater, um, and that was my reasoning. So. There's a few on Twitter that wanted their say, so let's see what you think of some of these. Uh, uh, Rich Lutkin says, I would have said Elder, though I guess he has some recognition this year with the inclusion of Team of the Year, so I'm going to go with Slater. Right. I mean, I think he's got a point on Elder because I think among City fans he's not often discussed, and I think he's one of the first people that we mm. would look to say, well, he's been done there or he's not had a good game or he's made this mistake, but I think the the... Contribution that elders made, particularly from set pieces to to our goal count, is uh, 
is is key. That game against Southampton was his outstanding. I know he scored, yeah. but he made that third goal. Yeah, they actually just running from left back and then setting it up for White. Another player I'd take back, by the way. I yeah. know that we had him on loan, I'd take Gavin White back. Um, I would take him first ahead of Adelican. Oh, massively. Yeah, I think I think Adelican's got the got the talent, but I just don't think he was consistent enough compared to White. I think White had less games than he did and actually had more of an impact. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rich Looking continues. I panicked slightly when we lost Smallwood and then Burke, meaning Jones had to drop into centre-back, but uh, Regan Slater really stepped up as CDM, which is kind of what we've said, really. Um, so agreed with that. Alfie Jones says Brad Denton played in centre back and centre defensive mid, so so well we didn't miss the players he replaced. Mm-hmm. Robert Hoyle says Smallwood feels like he allowed Honeyman to really push on the season at the start and give us blueprint for success. I recall us struggling at times when he wasn't in the side, obviously missed towards the back end of the season, but was instrumental at the start of the year. Wouldn't um, disagree with any of that. Riley Somerville does because he says. <laughs> He's had a little bit of an argument with Robert. Well, it's not an argument, it's just a discussion. But he says he gives away too many fouls. Jones does what he does better without giving away free kicks in dangerous positions, which is, well, each valid to point. Own, I, 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 I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that, but I, it, that's one of the main criticisms, I think, that has been launched at Smallwood that he loses the ball or gives away too many fouls. I think he's got a yellow card in him. Yeah. pretty much every game um, but then Robert Hoyle says you've got a point but I'd argue what we missed the season we got relegated was a real holding midfielder who wouldn't back out of a challenge yes. and a no-nonsense leader at the club for me that's Smallwood 100% yeah. so I think we agree to disagree there fair enough Yeah. Uh, Jamie Tamble agrees see, I can see both sides of that argument yes um, me too but, but I would I, say I, that the positive outweighs the negative yes, with absolutely Smallwood. yes uh, Matt Ingram says Jamie Turnbull uh, played almost every game, but doesn't get the recognition other players get, which is kind of what you've gone with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harvey Bottrell says Alfie Jones. Craig Bell says McGuinness, um, which is a, actually, I think, towards the back end of the season, I think he did get a lot of credit, but yes. I don't think a lot of people initially, City fans, really rated him an awful lot. No. I don't, I don't know if they were just judging on last year thinking he wasn't good enough, but I think this year he's really stepped up his game and he's been the player that McCann's always trusted to play that sense striker role in the 4-3-3 and he's the one who understands the way to play it best and he's been excellent. Yeah, completely agree with that. Um, I mean, we, we, we were amongst his fans last season as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's been our best forward for the last year and a bit. Mm, I mean, it's great to have a front three that all got over 10 goals. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time we had that? I mean, Tiger Base will know, but I don't. Sure. <laughs> so, um, ben, ben Atkinson says Matt Ingram. Um, Benedict Ferriby says Josh Emmanuel. Now, that's an interesting one because the start of the year, he was definitely player of the season. Um, but he's just kind of been unfortunate that Coyle has been so good. Yeah, the only thing with Emmanuel is I don't know if his contribution has been sustained throughout the year or you know if he made enough of one towards the back end of the season to be able to... I think to... he certainly played the first three months pretty much solidly because Coyle yeah. came back and got injured and then was out again. And he was excellent and he was, he he was, was a, big, a big part of our early success because he allowed whoever was playing ahead of him mm. to 
you know, work inside because he knew that he always had an option outside of him. Always had a good cross on him as well. In yeah, he was but tireless. So Coyles, uh, I mean, that's that's the problem that you've got. You've got two excellent centre, uh, right-backs, haven't you? Yeah. And ironically, that's what we missed last year. So <laughs> <laughs> Just one would have been nice. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? it was, once Leigh left, it was fucked, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting one. And then last, lastly, James Lockwood says, I think a lot of, lot of the team get a lot of credit. So maybe go left field and pick someone in the back of the house, Sir John Eyre. <laughs> he had a nice Which, set of kits to work with so. he certainly did um, and also it's been like I think it's is it 20 years to the day where John Ayre scored in the first round of the playoffs against Orient yes I saw yeah, Tiger, final first Tiger time, yeah. Tube um, had done that I was in Southstand that, that night well, yeah, that day was, so was yeah. you um, and that was that was where we thought City would go up um, and we talked about it actually last year with Rodney didn't we Yes. We had Rodney on, and, and yeah, obviously if, he, was, if, he was still pissed off about that loss. If anybody's not listened to that, Rodney Rowe gave us a very, very oh. interesting account of that, that playoff run. He was still fuming, wasn't he? Still yeah, there. he was. Yeah, you could see it, or you could hear that it still still rankled with him. It was very, very interesting. Voice, didn't it? Yeah. it was a great chat, though. It was like two-hour chat, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was unreal. Really good. Um, so that's our awards. So we've got... There um, are no trophies. The round of trophies because <laughs> they've got them already, and George just cleaned up. So, they've, with it, well, they've got the most important one. We're not Sunderland with our. Uh... Oh, I love that that you you did that to it on Sunderland. Trying to, oh, it was they just got is <laughs> is your awards lad. So it's like Ada McGeady and someone else, and you just got have you got this lad? So it's just like yeah. the League One trophy. Nope. Like, <laughs> no, you've not got that, have you? No. Despite what Kevin Phillips thinks, you do not have this. The like, uh, just the Sunderland coverage just annoys me. But it's, it's, yeah. it's Glorious to go up as champions and watch them like bite the nails right down to the door against Lincoln. Because <laughs> to be fair, they always have a good record against Lincoln. So Lincoln, o- Lincoln Owen won. Basically, yeah. I think they might actually do it. I think it might be uh, Lincoln and Blackpool in the final. Fans in the grounds as well for these first they have, legs, yeah. which yeah, is, yeah, uh, they have. which might have an effect. I'd imagine yeah, that yeah, will, yeah. that will have more of an impact at. Um, Sinsel Bank than it will at the Stadium of Light. Just I think it will by virtue of the fact that Sinsel so Bank small, is smaller. Yeah. yeah, and they'll they'll hear every word that the fans are yeah. saying. Whereas it's just, I mean, Stadium of Light's just a new stadium that's massive, isn't it? You know, oh, it'll be absolutely cavernous. It'll yeah. just be, yeah. I mean, Sunderland are pretty negative towards their own team anyway. So you can see <laughs> if they go one 0 down early, they're just going to boo them all off the pitch. Aren't they? Yeah, you, you feel like um, Lincoln have gone into the playoffs uh, on a very different kind of feeling than um, yeah. Sunderland have but I am certainly looking forward to seeing how that Oxford Blackpool game plays yeah, out because that yeah. should be two two good footballing teams not a massive fan of Carl Robinson with his toes that stuck at 10 to 2 <laughs> thinking he's an hard come <laughs> on sideline um, but it might be interesting if them two get to the final you think he's a Wheelston Raider or something he must do I remember when they played Sunderland played Oxford and Cal. Carl Robinson had reported him to the police, hadn't they? I think it was Max yeah. Power or something, because there was some scrap in there. Max <laughs> Power. Scrap in the tunnel at half time. So we'll have to see if that repeats itself. That'd be quite funny. Uh, but it's good to watch it from afar and go, these lot will join us next year, and I don't care who it is, but yeah. I'd like to see it all kick off. Well, I care. I just want it to be the weakest of the four sides. Well, that's true. I think I think Oxford, if they go up, would probably be the least financially backed next to Lincoln, maybe. Yeah. It's just a budget that they wouldn't have. But I actually think that Blackpool are quite well run and they'll probably rely on the Liverpool connections for a load of loans because they've yeah. got Ben Woodburn this year and obviously they've got Critchley who was under-23s coach. 
But Sunderland with a little bit of money behind them, you imagine that they would have a go at it again. Yeah, so. with the OAP winger who apparently can do no <laughs> wrong. Um, so yeah, well, that was our end of season chat. And actually, I think for the we've talked about this already uh, off air and to each other. But I think we'll probably kind of go away from City because season's finished. And actually, this year we've got the Euros, haven't we? So we may do a kind of Tigers Blah does the Euros type of thing. From talk home, about, from home, yeah, <laughs> and talk about some international football, yeah, um, which yeah, might be it's... a nice little spin and like this kind of bonus summer style stuff that we didn't get to do last year. It's that it's come to that time of year where I can start caring about England again. <laughs> That's it. So we all buy loads of England kits off uh, <laughs> off eBay. <laughs> I've been digging some England shirts out. In fairness, I got yeah. a retro eighty six one, which I really like. Um, and I re- I've realised when I've gone through my shirts that I've got like six different versions of the World Cup 2010 one, right? Um, which was the you know the six. I've got six, so I had a long sleeve of a white, and then a white one, and I've got two different sizes, one large and one medium of the red, and then I've also got the. I don't think you'll be needing that medium anymore after no. a year in lockdown. <laughs> Definitely, I'm going to need an exit. And them Umbra old style ones are really tight as well. Yeah. And then I've got the short sleeved keeper yellow one, which was my favourite. Oh, okay. Um, but that's it. That's in a small sack. Oh, Jesus. That. And, uh, that's that's going to be my son's for when he grows older. Yeah. I've kept that cause it, and I've, I've worn that quite a bit when I was to ten years younger, when I was a little bit skinnier than I am now and I, I don't even want to try and get that on <laughs> I've, I've got two mid 90s uh, England shirts ready for um, or right. two 90s one's late 90s but have you got, got the have you got the home one from 96 I've got it? the home one from 96 which I picked up recently after getting rid of my Bambi mm. um, and that's a way for printing to have Bambi put on it again Lad. Uh, and I've got the France 98 home one which I'm getting Beckham put on Yes. So I'm all I'm all set for Big my rips. Euro shirt. Yeah. So I don't what we're, what we're aiming for over the summer. I don't know if anybody would have listened to it back in the World Cup of 2006, but uh, Badil and Skinner did yes. a set of podcasts for the World it was Cup the in fan- Germany. Fantasy football that they did, wasn't it? Well, it was essentially that. But yeah. It wasn't it wasn't named that. I can't remember who which paper they did it through, but it was really really funny. Yeah. And that's what we're aiming for. It's just Maybe... like a like a review of the Euros each kind of week or each yeah. round and stuff. And a, we just like... a little a little more irreverent perhaps than we've been with City because I mean yeah. my knowledge of the England team is is not as in depth as as City. So No, I think it's more of a We'll watch. Obviously, we're going to watch loads of Euros games, so it'll just be things we've noticed and all that sort of stuff that Badil and Skinner used to do. Yeah, um, which was always good fun on it. On the, even the telly fantasy football stuff with they had. Uh, I think it was two thousand and four. They brought that back. They had some good kind of skits and stuff on that. So that kind of influence, I guess. Um, just more, little, as you say, a little bit more irreverent. But we always get irreverent nights comedies into our normal episodes. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> maybe just an extension of that but that's the plan anyway so see if might, it comes off might go quiet for a little bit on City but we'll certainly do some stuff around England um, in the next well it kicks off mid-June doesn't it uh, yes so we may do kind of a preview one in a couple of weeks and see what we think and go from there really mm. I guess yeah so anyway end of season yeah. going up as champions Fucking champions. 
very successful season. <laughs> Fucking loved it, didn't we? I did. I mean, I really enjoyed it, um, even though we haven't been able to get into the grounds, which has been frustrating. But I would just like to say to everybody who's listened, um, mm. you know, thank you for your attention. Mm. It has... Um, it's been really nice interacting with other City fans over the year and on Twitter and stuff and, um, you know, discussing matches or even recently I've been... Swapping shirts. <laughs> yeah, swapping shirts and <laughs> talking about shirts and just whatever. It's just been nice, although we've not been in, in the grounds together, it has been nice to still feel part of the whole City community. So I'd just like to say thank you for that because it has made what has been probably a rough time for a lot of us. It's It's... it's made it feel a little bit brighter i've really enjoyed it massively echo that 100 percent um one of the better ideas we had to start a whole city podcast i think <laughs> was in that first lockdown <laughs> never really thought we'd get to this many episodes no um, i didn't i didn't i, I didn't. thought we'd maybe do it for lockdown and then we'd probably not have the time but we've actually made the time at different points because it's just been something that like you say we've had so many interactions with different people um even people like you know that used to be more, more successful podcasts than we did. We've had people like Andy on, and even people like Baz Cooper from Old Daily Mail came on early part of the season, didn't he? After we just started and chatted yeah. to us about games, it's just nice to have interactions with people that you would have at the ground, but we've not had the opportunity to. Mm. Um, and obviously, it's meant that we have more of an excuse to. I mean, we message each other probably on a daily basis with stupid fucking memes and stuff, but. <laughs> actually a point to the conversation that we have as well so <laughs> not many of our mates are city fans so it's only us two really that keep that going isn't it yeah because we have we have some weird weird fans what a chef wednesday fan a Donny chef fan. wednesday fan who's lived in hull all his life Sutton park all his life <laughs> Sutton park and Kingswood. So, i mean there are there. millions of them so it's bound to happen mm. you know yeah certainly um, hilarious that we're replacing them in, in yeah. Championship and they're going down to League One. Yeah, that we're all nice. Wednesday out week. No, I, I enjoyed that at the weekend, seeing all those tweets from last year come back to bite them in the in the ass. Oh, it was glorious, wasn't it? Yeah, I know a few people had taken the time to go all the way back to last year and just retweet with oops every <laughs> single one, <laughs> yeah, which is always good that. to see. Yeah, and I just, I just wish Dorby had gone with them. Well, they still might, you know. It depends on what's oh, going on. Nah, that's going to be next season. Isn't I'm sure it? it will be next season, and they, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll just go down to League One next season. It'll be just protracted, but I, it doesn't look like they're going to get their buyer. Um, no. I don't think their buyer no, with, has proof with of his cash, his fake home. <laughs> yeah, with his picture off TikTok. Yeah, his house. I mean, he might as well have just like taped an episode of through through the keyhole and played that on his Twitter. Like these Brilliant. are all my houses. <laughs> Who would live in a house like this? Not Derby's owner or prospective <laughs> owner. Hilarious. Um, but yeah, obviously it's great that we're replacing another Yorkshire club. I mean, I, I never really thought of Hillsborough as an amazing away day. Uh, well, I mean, The only I'd... time was when we actually won, you know, 4-2 in 2004. Yeah, we've, we've beaten them in... Um, lots. I mean, there's been loads of other occasions we've beaten them since at, at Hillsborough. So Hullsborough, I think if you're at that 4-2 one... You, you, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't not look forward to going there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even if you were paying like a million pound a ticket the Forty three we quid or something, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, they did a Leeds on us, didn't they? Yeah. Well, you know. Then you, we're massive. We're ma- <laughs> massive, aren't we? We're back. 
fucking championship. So good chat as normal, mate. And then obviously we'll uh, we'll start this Tigers Bladders the Euros and see what see what see what happens really. Yeah, see how that works out. <laughs> good chat. We'll speak to you soon. See you cheers, soon. Cheers, everybody, for listening. Up Forza the fucking champions. Tigers. Up the fucking Tigers. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Reverse ball, Evans in with a chance to shoot across Penny! And Evans opens the scoring in the Yorkshire Derby! Myler, through to Tom Huddleston! And it's in! It's Manucho! Wise men say only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you. Shall I stay? Would it be? Take my whole life.